Welcome back to Spectrum Sundays, where we introduce different professionals and self-advocates who play an important role in the autism community. And today, we're also excited to bring back a guest from the Miss America organization to help showcase what all we do in our communities. And this week, we're excited to bring back Aaliyah Manning, who is Miss City Beautiful. And we spoke recently about her involvement with autism, diversity, and inclusion. So thank you once again for being with us today. Yes, ladies, thanks for having me back. It's good to see your faces again. <laughs> so something I appreciate about you and that you share on your social media pages is your stories and your authentic self. And you really speak true to who you are and how you persevere through various types of adversity and challenges. And I'm really grateful for the Miss America organization that they're really trying to emphasize that and showcase our challenges and how we've grown from them. And previously on our Last episode, you mentioned that you come from a military family. So I was really interested in knowing how that's shaped your life and your career goals. Absolutely. So my mother served 24 years in the Army. So on top of that, she was also in the logistics field. So she's a woman in STEM. I've always called her my cadet Kelly, and she is Aww. the biggest role model that happened in my life. And I was able to attend seven schools in a 12 year time period being a military dependent. And it has shaped my world not only in the career field of wanting to make sure that I'm a woman that can dominate a space, just like my mom did, but I'm also a woman that has seen different diversities. And I'm able to make sure that people that I work with feel included, they feel heard, and I'm able to advocate for all different diversities. That is amazing. Seven schools in 12 years. You've really had to learn how to adapt quickly and be flexible, I'm sure. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so a little more lighthearted. Um, what has been your favorite memory as a Miss America title holder? Well, probably the greatest story that I will scream from the rooftops for as long as I live <laughs> is I found my cousin in the Miss America organization and she ended up being my sister queen. So I won the title of Miss Pasco County Fair. That was my very first title in Little Pasco County. And at the time, my sister queen that I was with, she went on a skiing trip, like broke her leg, this crazy accident. And so she decided to kind of opt out of Miss Florida for the year. And I was informed that I would have a new sister queen coming with me to Miss Florida orientation. And her name was Peyton. And I met Peyton, we bonded, we had such a great time. And fast forward to the summer, our parents were talking outside and they basically found out that my grandmother lived down the street from Peyton's uh, grandfather uh, their whole entire lives. And the Manning family and the McPherson family were related. And my grandma was like, yeah, you didn't know this. <laughs> so the next, morning, <laughs> the next morning, my parents called both of us and told us, and Peyton has been, again, my best friend my cousin, my sister queen, and again, she lives in Orlando, so we're 10 minutes down the road from each other. That is probably by far my greatest <laughs> and best Miss America experience ever, and I love her so much. That wow, takes sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, that takes sisterhood to a whole new meaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. I love that story. Um, well, actually, so you've been involved with the Miss America organization before 2.0, so I'm curious as to how you think or what qualities and characteristics do you think create a strong title holder um, from your experience and what you've seen? 
My favorite Miss America is Nina Dobuleri, and I remember watching one of her very first interviews, and she said that Miss America has to evolve as a diversity as her society and her country does. And I think that's exactly what 2.0 has done, and I think that's what we have to continue um, to do. And I think that's what's going to take a great title holder at the local level, at the state level, at the national level, and just a great person overall is being able to adapt. I mean, I wish I could hang out with you girls in person, but here we all <laughs> on, on Zoom, uh, making it work. And I think it just takes that adaptability, um, keeping a smile on your face and moving forward how you can. Well, just so you know, we'd be happy to come visit you in Florida anytime <laughs> down, in the sun, down in the sunshine seat. I remember whenever Nina Devalori had won Miss America, it was my first year. Actually, she was a lot of the reason that inspired me to become involved in Miss America. And she, I went to Syracuse University for my undergrad and she was Miss Syracuse, went on to win Miss New York, and then she was Miss America. So I remember sitting in my dorm room my freshman year of college and watching her and I was like, whoa, like someone from Syracuse just won Miss America. And then I remember uh, what you quoted in her onstage question. She said, Miss America 10 years ago is not who Miss America will be 10 years down the road. And that's what's so awesome about seeing this organization grow because if we stayed in one place forever, it would be outdated and irrelevant. And there's always that question of, is Miss America still relevant? And this is how we're making sure that it will always be relevant. So you really hit that spot on. So going off of that, there might be some viewers that are watching this that are curious about the Miss America organization and have contemplated competing. So what's some advice that you could share to someone watching who might be interested in competing in Miss America? I think taking that first step and just beginning, but also finding like a niche that you can look up to. For you, it was Nina. And for me, it was also Nina that kind of gave me that spark of like, hey, if you haven't done this before, maybe go ahead and do it. And in addition to that, I had my very first Miss Jacksonville come to my first high school pageant. And that's another place that I found kind of a spark to want to compete in the Miss America organization because I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know the option was available. And I didn't know that there were young women who looked like myself who are able to thrive in this kind of environment. And I think just beginning and getting curious, even if it isn't next month, you do your first pageant, if it takes a while, that's fine. But doing something that quote, scares you. It's not necessarily a scary place, but just doing something outside of that box that you're normally confined in and just beginning is, is a great way to get started. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's a really great quote that says, um, freedom is on the other side of fear. So if you can get through your fear, Yes. You'll be set free, yes. and you can move on to the next bigger thing that scares you. Well, Megan and I love connecting with other title holders like yourself who share our passion for the autism community in particular. So what are ways that you've helped your community and can suggest for other people who are not title holders? I think social media is it's at our fingertips. I mean, everyone that's with us right now definitely <laughs> knows that. Um, a new resource and tool that I have found is actually through Facebook. So wherever you're watching this, wherever you are in your local community, if you type in the name of that community and then autism after that, there's Facebook groups for people all across the world where they can advocate its caregivers, 
it's parents, it's teachers, and they ask every single question under the sun. They're providing every single resource under the sun. And it's all in this Facebook group. And, you know, I might go months without commenting on this page, but I see resource after resource after parents asking for certain um, things that they need and people just flooding in the comments with those kind of things. Um, in addition to that, local organizations, but also state and national organizations in your area as well is super important. I am able to spend time with the Autism Society of Greater Orlando, um, Autism Speaks, Central Florida Autism Community, places in my area where I can make an immediate connection and be able to give back. So I think doing a little research and seeing what's around you and what's accessible is a great way to do that. Right, and sharing those resources that they see. Yeah. Exactly. We spoke a few weeks ago with a guest on our show about how to really get people motivated to get involved. So I encourage anyone watching, as Aaliyah said, even if it's not, autism isn't something that you've experienced before, if you have even a little bit of curiosity about it, go check out what Aaliyah had suggested and see if there's anything that might spark your interest. I mean, before I really had an experience with autism, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career. But once I did, it like greatly defined everything that I'm now doing as a 25-year-old in graduate school almost into my career. So you never know what's out there for you. So... Spectrum Sundays um, is all about education and awareness for autism, and education and awareness is a key to understanding different perspectives of autism, which is why we really emphasize that on this series. But we also know that we're building a stronger community that's surrounded by acceptance, and we want to ask you if you could give any advice to our viewers about acceptance and how to practice that daily. How can they do that? I think always coming from a place of curiosity, especially when it comes to the people that we advocate for and people on the spectrum, making sure that you just take a moment every now and then to think about what it's like to not only be in someone else's shoes, not just for five or 10 seconds, but to actively live the lifestyle of another person. Um, where, whether they're the caregiver, the individual, the parent, there's so many different phases. And as we know, the spectrum is so large. And I think that doing that is what's made me a great aunt. It's what's made me a great title holder because I'm able to see the lens of my six-year-old nephew who was once nonverbal, who is now verbal and communicates through American Sign Language. His transition in just two years is so impactful versus my 21 years of life. Like I could, I could not imagine having to go through that and to not know how to tell people, hey, I need something or hey, I'm hurt or hey, I'm uncomfortable. I haven't had to experience that yet, but my nephew who is five and six years old, he's had to go through that lifestyle and he's just a child. So I think, again, going back to doing your research and watching a couple of videos and just trying to actively think about what it might take and what it might look like to be someone else will add to, you know, the love and the compassion that we give, not only children with autism, but everyone in the world. Right. And if I could add to that, this transcends past just disabilities and autism. It goes to all different kinds of minority groups, diversity, you know, we are America because we cultivate this culture of diversity. And that's something that we need to put ourselves in each other's shoes, especially right now with everything that we're experiencing. So that's a great piece of advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And I really love the example that you gave of how your nephew 
was nonverbal, but now he's able to speak and express himself, which is a really great accomplishment, especially for children who are very young. And to this day, I get a lot of parents who, I wouldn't say complain, but are very worried that their children won't grow either verbally or sometimes they're having a lot of behavioral issues. And I think it's really important to share success stories like that because it gives them hope and it gives them the potential to see their children grow. Um, and I think it's important to talk about some of the misconceptions and the stereotypes around the autism community. And do you have any others that you think are important to talk about or important to clarify for some of our viewers? Yes, absolutely. I think going back to the story and the spread of the spectrum. So in the Miss Florida organization, we still have the mentorship program, but in different states, they're called different things. So here in Florida, it's the Sunshine Prince and Princess program. So my Sunshine Prince, his name is Liam, and he is seven and he is also on the spectrum. Liam has always been at least a year or a year and a half um, past his reading level for most children his age. He's extremely high functioning. He is such a smart cookie and I, I just love him so much. And in transition to my nephew being about a year behind Liam, Zaire is at a completely different place. You know, Liam has been speaking from a very young age. He can tell you exactly what he wants. He can read a book to me and he has a fascination for sports. In transition, Zaire loves dinosaurs. He loves lights. And for the most part, he will not speak to you if he doesn't know you. So again, if you just see them at the grocery store, you would see two young boys, but these two young boys see the world in a very different way. And they will interact with you in a very different way. And as we know, that goes from young children to again, adults, people who are in their 20s that also have autism. They might interact with you just like we are right here today over Zoom, or they might interact with you as if they were developmentally a child that's still in elementary school or a child that still has middle school values and interests. So again, research and videos and just reaching out and having the conversations. I mean, you have three young women right here that would love to tell you all that they know and would love to do that research with you and just start those conversations. So again, just having that curiosity, stepping in those shoes, but also taking a moment to, to look outside the window and, and see the view as well. Thank you for that. And girlfriend, you know your stuff. Like just in these past two times that we've spoken with each other, we can tell that you have put the work in, in this atmosphere and in this cause. And maybe that's because you have that personal connection to it. So we want to ask you to share what you follow as a blog, a podcast, or any of those resources that you find your research so that you know that you're going off of something that is evidence-based or there's facts behind it to help you become a better advocate for this type of community? What do you use to keep up with all that? Absolutely. Here in Jacksonville, where I live, we have the Jacksonville School for Autism. So I'm able to follow closely with the director behind this school and some of the ABA therapists and teachers as well. Um, in addition to that, Autism Speaks is kind of the first outlet that my sister and I went to when we didn't know what questions or answers or actions to take in regarding um, my nephew and his progression. So I definitely would follow Autism Speaks. Um, a couple of people in my local communities that have Instagram followings, um, there's a mama bear and her cub. Beautiful woman, beautiful family, and she has like day-to-day -day posts and videos of what it looks like behind the scenes um, of 
raising her child who has autism. And just keeping track again, doing that research and kind of getting curious about different people in the area, but also having those national platforms of people that have done the research and making sure that you have the statistics and the science and the evidence-based facts um, about our children and how we can make sure that they can live the most productive life that they can. Awesome. Thank you. It's so easy. Like you said, social media is right at our fingertips, but we can't always rely on what we see. So finding an organization that is established and also finding research articles that have done studies on certain facts that are being put out there on social media, just to know that you're, you're filling yourself with knowledge that, that has some value and some sustenance to it. Mm -hmm. And switching gears a little bit, we know that you're not just a very successful person, but you're a very busy person. So we're also, Megan and I are very busy people, and we love talking about tips and tricks that we use to manage our busy schedules. So do you have anything that helps you, either a routine, an activity, or maybe actually something tangible that you use like a planner or a calendar? Yes. I don't know if you guys are into astrology, but I'm a Virgo and <laughs> Virgos are very detail oriented. So I always have a planner. I have collected, I've used the same pen since I was in high school. It's a Pilot G210. They're sold in packs of two. They're awesome. Um, and I love using colored pens. So I've had all the same things since early high school and starting college. I have a planner and I always start every Thursday preparing for the week ahead. You don't want to start on Sunday because why would you prepare 24 hours ahead? You got to get a little bit ahead of the game. So I always plan for the next week on Thursday or Friday. Um, in addition, I set aside time to read books. I have my little, little case over here. Um, reading books and journaling and just really setting um, time aside for yourself. We live in this body 24-7 and it's the only body that we get. And we're kind of the only people who can talk to ourselves internally. It's just me. So just making sure that I feed that voice um, and I'm being positive to myself as, as much as I can and taking um, time aside for myself in the mornings and right before I go to bed as well. Yeah. I love that. Well, those are all the questions that we have for you today. We have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you, Aaliyah, and you are just so positive. And I hope that if nothing else, people pull out of this, that Miss America organization girls are real and they're smart and they're accomplished. And you are living that every single day. And I cannot wait to continue to watch your journey to Miss Florida. Good luck and best of luck in all of your endeavors going forward. Yes, ladies, right back to you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you everybody for watching. We will see you next week on Spectrum Sundays.